0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show with the host that thought Fat Tuesday was Half Price Day at Golden Corral. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from my home studio built here outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. It is uh, Fat Tuesday, 2019, and apparently it's the beginning of drinking season because we have Fat Tuesday this week and then just a few short days until we get to St. Patrick's Day, so... Must be Kevin Godby's happiest time of the year. Uh, Anyway, on tonight's show, we got jam-packed lots of stuff. We've got an Ask the Pipe Maker segment with Jeff Grasick. And then, uh, pre-recorded from uh, the middle of February, we have Jeremiah Mirka from Melbourne, Australia, Pipe Maker, with a lot of information in there. Uh, He emailed in with some questions, so I invited him on the show to ask the questions on the show. Uh, but anyway, this was recorded uh, back in the middle of February, and uh, you know, it. It. I just. I listened to it again uh, earlier. Uh, earlier today, and uh, what a. You know, what a great discussion. And uh, hopefully, I get to see him in Chicago. Uh, but anyway, it is a jam-packed show. I am going to remind you right now that we are gathering items for the JDRF auctions to start the end of this month into April. Uh, Please email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you have something to donate, I'll send you the address to ship the stuff off to. Anything you have would be greatly appreciated. Whatever it is, we could really use it. And uh, remember, 100% of the sale price proceeds goes directly to JDRF to help... uh, cure and uh help find a cure for type 1 diabetes and to uh, also you know help make life easier for those that are suffering with it like my daughter so greatly appreciate anything you have all right let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and for another edition of the Ask the Pipe Maker segment. It's uh Pipe Maker Jeff Graysick. Jeff, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Brian All right. Here's your question. Are you ready? I am. This one is big, loaded, and very interesting. Okay. Uh, and it comes from, as soon as I can scroll up and see his name, there it is, Jason Smith, who Jason sent me a lot of great stuff. So Okay. Well, hey, Jason. Uh, Jason uh, Jason says, I am new, uh, I'm new to buying pipes from artisan pipe makers. I have historically purchased factory pipes from Costello and Dunhill. Everyone always talks about engineering and artisan pipes. How does a novice look at a pipe, either at home after an online purchase or show, and distinguish good engineering prior to smoking? Mm-hmm. And then he adds... Is it acceptable to bring tools to evaluate the pipes, pipe cleaner, or small flashlight? And I'm assuming that's at a pipe show or even at a pipe shop. So mm-hmm. there you go. First, let's, how does a novice look at a pipe either at home after an online purchase or at a show and distinguish a good engineering prior to smoking?
2: Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a, yeah. a really good question and it's pretty big cause there's, there's a lot to talk about in there. Yeah. Um, so how, how does it, how does someone evaluate it at a show? Is that, that was your first? Yeah. Either. Like well,
0: I think he he's talking about if you, once you have the pipe in you, if you've got the pipe in your hand, either after, yeah. after buying it online or at a show, you've got the pipe in your hand.
2: Right. Right. So how do you evaluate it? Well, um, I mean the things. The things you really want to look for are. I mean, pipes are pretty simple, right? It's a piece of uh, bri- uh, wood, usually brier, and a piece of rubber or acrylic. Yeah, uh, that's they're it. They're joined somehow, <laughs> yeah. and they should have three holes that all connect. Um, that <laughs> wow. being said, um, there's so many different ways those things can. Those five factors <laughs> can be um, done properly or screwed up, and <laughs> if it's screwed up, it'll really m- It'll really make things bad for you. And if they're great, if they're, if everything's aligned properly and, and the wood is well seasoned and the, and the, the holes are, are exactly the dimensions they ought to be for your smoking style, then you're going to be good to go. And and I'm going
0: to, I'm going to interrupt right here because you said something that's important to keep in mind that everybody should keep in mind while Jeff is answering this. And that's your smoking style. Ah, yeah, yeah. Keep that in mind while Jeff is answering this because Jeff's smoking style may be completely different from mine and yours and everybody else's. So there you go. All right, now go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: I mean, I think that you know, to, to that end that you just brought up, uh, what are the, what's the tobacco chamber size that you typically like for the, the tobacco that you like is, are you a flake smoker? If you're a flake smoker, what are the dimensions of the chamber that you like? If you're a ribbon smoker, what do you like? So have an idea of what chamber size you're looking for. And, uh, you can either eyeball it or I have uh, some customers who use the thumb test. They like a little bit bigger pipes and they stick their thumb in a bowl. And if their thumb fits,
0: then it's the right size bowl. I have an index uh, finger that has been in many, many, many pipe bowls. Mm-hmm, indeed. I, I mean, you got to f- that.
2: That is a tool you can carry around with you. And if you don't carry it with you, um, well, uh, that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, you but, to the question of uh, of tools to bring to pipe shows or shops, um, absolutely. bring bring what you need. I have customers who bring who come to the Chicago pipe show and they they bring with them a little uh, uh, scale and they put it on my table and they pick up a pipe they're interested in. And if it weighs less than fifty grams, let's say, then they'll buy it. Even if they like the pipe, if it's more than fifty grams, that's that's where they draw the line. They don't they don't want anything more than fifty grams. Yeah. It's arbitrary, but it's that person's choice. Um, the other things uh, people carry around are a set of plastic calipers. And I want to uh, to be very clear here. Bring plastic calipers. And the reason for that is if you bring metal calipers and you scratch my pipe at a show, I will be upset. You will feel feel really sorry. And uh, well, there will probably be a transaction that you hadn't anticipated. Um, and, and, and I'm and going to...
0: And I'm going to reiterate, but, before you pick up somebody's pipe off of a table at a pipe show, ask them, is it okay for me to pick this up and look at it?
2: Yeah, it is how we pay our bills, and if yeah. it is damaged um, by someone who's either unwilling or unable to pay for it, uh, it makes it difficult for a pipe maker to continue being a pipe maker.
0: And it may be promised to somebody already or sold and not clearly marked that way, and you've just boo up somebody else's pipe, so now you've got a pipe maker and a pipe buyer bothered by you.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, just common etiquette uh, at pipe shows. But if you want to take measurements with calipers or with a scale, just ask the pipe maker, and I guarantee you, ninety-nine point nine percent would be happy to oblige. Um, the other things that you might want to check for are airway. What is 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 the airway the diameter that you typically like? Most people um, in the United States and in Europe typically make their airways at four millimeters or five thirty seconds of an inch. Um, you can ask the pipe maker him or herself, is this, uh, what is the airway diameter? And they would be happy to tell you, I am sure. Um, you can also check for yourself, ask them if you can disassemble the pipe or if the pipe maker would be, uh, would they be willing to disassemble it so you can examine the internals of it for yourself. That way you can see is the diameter, uh, or what the diameter is, whether the, um airway lines up in the bottom of the mortise with the where uh with the airway in the tenon and it's a good way to to um examine how sloppy the or or nice the workmanship was uh if there's a lot of tear away or chatter uh, uh tear away in the wood from uh on the inside of the mortise from chatter of the drill bit then that shows that the pipe maker might not be as careful as you might like and you may experience other problems with the pipe. Um, The other thing to look at I would say is um, uh, look at the thickness of the mouthpiece right behind the button where you will grip it with your teeth. Is it too thin? Meaning like is it going to be fragile and break? That's something to be aware of. Uh, You can use your calipers to measure that. Typically around four millimeters thickness behind there is that's I make mine for between three and a half and four millimeters in thickness. That way it's thin enough to be comfortable, but thick enough to be durable unless you have extremely sharp teeth or very strong jaws. (laughs) Um, Also, an etiquette point, do not put a unsmoked, unsold pipe in your mouth. It is not (laughs) yours. (laughs) No, it is then. It (laughs) is then. It is then. Yes, be kind, be courteous. Ask questions um, and feel free to examine with your eyes um, and uh, ask ask the pipe maker. Typically, they're they're willing to uh, to pretty much tell you everything about how the pipe was made to satisfy your curiosity so that you can decide whether it's whether or not it's the right pipe for you
0: yeah and let me add in from from my perspective as purely a pipe buyer who never wants to become a pipe maker i know i'm Mm -hmm. i'm one of those two i think there's two of us out there in the world that don't ever want (laughs) to make a pipe right um so going back to what jeff said i will use i'll use my index finger and i know exactly that i need that finger to fit in comfortably to work for my bare minimum but going to the engineering of it uh Yeah, I will. I'll use a clean pipe cleaner and ask the pipe maker or the or the person selling it. Do you mind if I run a pipe cleaner through it and look inside of it and I'll run the pipe cleaner through and I can tell with my pipe cleaners, you know, is the draft hole going to be big enough for me? Is there any crimped spots in it or any issues with getting a pipe cleaner through it? Uh, Yeah, that's a great point, Brian. Yeah, and then I'll also look. I'll run the pipe cleaner all the way into the bowl because it's easy to see a white pipe cleaner at the bottom of a bowl, mm-hmm. and it's easy to tell where the where the air hole is coming out. And I know right. from my wet style that if there's a little bit of a uh, if the if the if the draft hole's coming in a little bit high, I know with my wet style that's going to be a gurgly bitter bitter problem down there. Uh, right and then i'll and then i'll ask if i can take the stem off and i'll use that clean pipe cleaner to measure the tenon mortise relationship in there and i'll just okay there you go i'll just stick the pipe cleaner in the mortise of the shank run it till i hear it run it up against the edge until i feel it stop mark that with my finger pull it out put it up against the tenon and see how big of a gap there is and and i use that pipe cleaner to measure that uh, and what do
2: you look to, Brian? What do you look to as a uh, a reasonably um, sized gap? Like it, you, you can't measure it precisely, but what's too big of a gap and what's about the right size for you?
0: If I'm buying it and he's talking about artisan grade handmade pipes, if I see much more than an eighth of an inch, I'm really worried.
2: Yeah, yeah. I would say um, that an eighth of an inch even is probably a little too much. A 16th is about as big as I would recommend.
0: Yeah, uh, and, you know, I'm not real good with measurements, but uh but I'll I'll just simply uh, if I see if I see too much space in there, um, mm-hmm. I'll pass on it. Uh Yeah, yeah. I've also trained my fingers to know exactly what I want this what the button to feel like and I need a good pronounced top button so that I can get it in my mouth and clench it correctly. So mm-hmm. I've trained my fingers to feel just by holding onto the pipes that I love at home, I can pick up a pipe with in between my fingers and feel if the stem is going to be comfortable enough for me. And that comfort of that stem is so important to me. If the pipe's just not comfortable in my mouth, it better get comfortable sitting in the rack because it's going to be right. there for a long time. Yep. So. Uh, and then going back to the answer that you know, pipe cleaner, small flashlight, fine. I, you know, especially if you're if you're looking at estate pipes, uh, bring a magnifying glass or a loop so that you can see the see the markings correctly on the pipes at pipe shows. Uh, don't, yeah, you know, yeah. Don't be afraid to look for little hairline cracks in the stem and oddities, especially on estate pipes. On a brand new pipe, if you find something like that, <laughs> automatically walk away from whoever you're buying it from. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, don't say anything, just say, okay, no, thanks. Got to go. Um, right. Can I, can I bring up one other thing, Brian, that's, I think is important to look,
2: uh, look for if you're buying an estate pipe, um, you, you always want to look for darkening on the bottom of the bowl or lower parts of the walls. So so if the, um, uh, abnormal darkening, I should say. So if the walls are, are thin or the bottom of the bowl is thin, that can indicate that the pipe is burning out. But on a new pipe, it's a little more difficult to tell because, you know, New pipes won't have been smoked, so you don't know uh, if they will burn out. Um, assuming the pipe has been made properly and that there were no visible uh, flaws that would indicate that a pipe might burn out, the what you can do is um, look inside and see if the walls are thick enough for your smoking style. Some people like thin walls, and they know how to smoke a pipe with sm- with thin walls. They need to be smoked differently than a pipe with thick walls pipe with thick walls you can you can smoke it pretty darn hot and uh you won't have a problem but uh if you buy a pipe knowing that it has thin walls and it burns out a pipe maker um a pipe maker would probably have a uh, a problem replacing that for you because it should be a it's, it's a user error um issue yeah that being said if the pipe has a thin bottom on it and you were unaware of it or the pipe maker just simply was careless in making it That's a pipe maker problem. Um, But it's, it's pretty darn hard to uh, burn a pipe
0: out. (laughs) Yeah. I've only done it once. You got to work at it. (laughs) Only did it once. And it was probably both a combination of pipe and pipe smoker error all at the same time. But that was a, that was a great question with a lot of uh, a lot of opinion and a lot of preference in there. But there are some, you know, some really good factual answers in there too that, I think every, every pipe smoker would enjoy, even novice or, uh, or more experienced pipe buyer.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think um, giving people, arming people with the right um, advice about how to approach pipes in a store or at a, uh, at a pipe show is, is really helpful for people who do want to have a closer look but maybe were unaware of what was the appropriate etiquette for doing so.
0: Jeff, thanks for uh, coming on and and uh, tackling that one with me. Hey, my pleasure, Brian. Happy well, to do it. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio.
2: A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli.
0: Ooh, we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I believe you are the furthest person away from me that I've ever interviewed. I don't. I don't think it's possible to get any further away from north carolina than to go all the way down to melbourne australia so welcome to the pipes magazine radio show jeremy mirka did i did i pronounce your last name right
1: yeah the, the last name's uh pretty good first name's a little off but that's okay i'll forgive you this Uh oh how did well
0: well how did i do it how did i do it wrong fix me jeremiah that's what the, yeah that's what you say with that lovely australian I... accent uh, so you, so, so first of all, thank you very much for getting up in the middle of your night to squeeze this into your into my schedule. And because uh, uh, at the time we're recording this, it's ten a.m. here in the United States, and it's three o'clock in the morning in Melbourne
1: at 2 a.m i think it just past 2 a.m and uh yeah thanks for having me on the show
0: yeah all right so tell us a little bit about you did you are you born and raised in, in Melbourne?
1: yep so uh born in melbourne lived here my whole life so far and um yeah always always been in melbourne traveled around a bit but uh never for long periods of time always lived here
0: And when did you start smoking a pipe? Because uh, there's not a lot of you pipe smokers down under.
1: No, you're right. Um, So I think I was trying to think about it the other day. I think the first pipe I smoked must have been near eight, eight or nine years ago. I think. Pretty yeah, yeah. Let's let's call it eight years ago. (laughs) And,
0: And what kind of what drew you to the pipe?
1: Um. Well, I'd, I'd smoked cigars sort of on and off. Uh, you know, I was never a, never a cigarette smoker or anything like that. And uh, uh, I had uh, one of my mum's uncles was a cigar smoker. So when I was growing up as a kid, we'd have family get-togethers of what he'd always be smoking in Wee Willems. And, uh, and I loved the smell, always loved the smell, always loved the smell of uh, fresh tobacco. And uh, when I was in high school and the guys were cool because they were smoking cigarettes, I used to smoke cigars. and so on and off you know every now and again smoke cigars and uh yeah uh a friend of mine was smoking a pipe one day and i smelt the tobacco and just like oh my god that you know your smoke what you're smoking is smells just like the tobacco of a cigarette before it's burnt and that's the smell i really like and decided to give it a go
0: yeah so you you kind of got the you got the good tobacco bug very early on and uh And it's interesting because most people, when they're growing up, you know, they have fond memories of a, of a grandfather or somebody smoking an aromatic tobacco, but you had the, you had the cigar smell and the, and the real tobacco taste.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it got, had that, had that cigar smell, that really sweet, rich cigar smell. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely got the, uh, the the good smelling side of things and the good tasting tobacco side of things up first.
0: Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, what is so now? You're you're starting to make uh, you're you're starting to make pipes. You're making your own pipes and starting to sell them. But uh, what are you doing for a uh, for a full time thing that you have to get up and go to in three or four hours?
1: Uh, so for a full-time gig, I am a construction supervisor. So i uh mostly um, in housing. So I uh, work for a small family company and uh, we build and renovate houses.
0: So you get to, well, now you're supervising, but before that you were working with your hands on, on uh, construction.
1: Yeah, so I I, I sort of started off from a pretty young age working in construction. My dad was a carpenter. My uncle was a builder. I work for my uncle now. Um, And uh, so from, I think from, I I first started going to work on the weekends with both of them from when I was about eight years old and kept on doing it until I was in my teens and stopped doing a little bit when I was, you know, finishing high school and all those sorts of things. Uh, And then after high school, got back into it and then decided to go back to school to become a supervisor because I thought that I didn't want to be on the, you know, on the tools and doing the physical side of things for the rest of my life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That'll, uh, that'll take a wear and tear on your body real quick. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. When you wanted, when you wanted to try a pipe, was there a tobacconist in, in Melbourne that you were able to go to?
1: Yeah, there was. We, uh, and it's still there. Uh, We still have one tobacconist. I think there's two tobacconists in Melbourne. Uh, One's a little bit further away, but, um, not too far away from where I live and where I work. There's one in, uh, it's called Alexander's and it's, uh, it's predominantly a cigar shop, but they have a quite an extensive, extensive range of, uh, of pipes and, and tobaccos, house blends and bits and pieces, um, and tin tobacco, not, you know, outrageously, uh, um, vast, but, uh, certainly pipes that, you know, that, would have to have 500 pipes on display in the shop. Wow. 600 maybe. So between uh, they do a lot of rat Ratrace pipes. Uh, I bought my first pipe from there. So that was that was the shop that I first went to. I uh, bought a, a Peterson Denegel Rocky Straight Bulldog. Yeah. Um, and some aromatic tobacco, and but they've got they've got quite a good range, and I still go in there once every two weeks or three weeks if I'm working in and around town.
0: Now, so you started off with some good quality pipes. Did those guys in the shop show you how to pack and load the pipe and and get started?
1: No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> it kind of it's kind of a bit funny. They're they're not too pipey. They're more cigar uh, orientated in there. So although they were quite helpful in, in selling me a pipe and and showing me you know bits and pieces, they did try to convince me to buy a corn cob to try and smoke as a cheap alternative just in case i you know didn't like it or anything like that um and you know you're pretty hardy on uh, wear and tear if you drop it and things like that um but i would, you know was looking through the, the pipe collection in the glass cabinets and found something that i liked that looked a bit better than the than the um corn cobs did so no i i um, you know grew up with uh with youtube so uh pretty pretty well i'd I'd watch because i'd already thought about it for a little while before i'd even gone to buy a pipe so i'd already been sort of watching a how to smoke your pipe sort of videos on youtube and i had a pretty good idea of what i thought i needed to do absolutely stuffed it up the first two dozen times but (laughs) yeah um, had a reasonable sort of idea on what i needed to do to get it going
0: (laughs) but you survived and you uh and and you kept going on and and here you are um let's talk real quick i while you were talking i just measured the distance from uh, from the center of melbourne to the center of charlotte north carolina is just under 10,000 miles so that's only uh, 16,000 yeah, yeah. 16, kilometers for those of you that do things in you know funny numbers um and All right, just tell everybody what's the weather like. What's the weather going to be today? Because you're in your middle, the middle of your summer.
1: Yeah, so actually uh, we're having a little bit of a a cold spell, and when I say cold, I'm talking twenty degrees Celsius um, at the moment. But we've just come off having a pretty warm summer. Uh, Got up, reached up to I think forty-six degrees Celsius uh, for a couple of days, and we had a couple of really crappy days with sort of 85 to 90% humidity, and that's down uh, the south in Melbourne where we are. Um, at the moment, it's the, the tropical raining season up the north end of the country, and they just had, like, heaps of rain. I think the, there's one place called Townsville that had, I think, 1.2 metres of rain over 10 days. Wow.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Welcome four, four foot
1: of rain over, over two days.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's talk real real quick, just so that people understand what you're having to deal with in Australia, and one of the reasons why you probably don't see too many other pipe smokers is uh, at your local tobacconist. About how much is a fifty gram tin of tobacco?
1: I think the current price is about eighty four Australian dollars.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> And this is uh this is the middle of February, so we'll just do a quick conversion here of uh into US dollars so that everybody can understand that um that's about sixty US dollars for one fifty gram tin.
1: That's right. Yep.
0: And and it's not aged yeah, for yeah, right. it's not aged for twenty years in a uh, in a sealed no. environment. It's just nope. fresh off the boat. Yes.
1: Pretty, pretty much. So if I went down to my local tobacconist and got 50 grams of Peter Stokerby Luxury Navy Flake bulk, that's how much it would cost me for 50 grams.
0: Yeah. So um, word of the wise, if you're going to Australia, which is on my bucket list, uh, bring your own tobacco with you. Uh, Most definitely. How is the uh, selections of tobaccos at a, at a tobacconist? Has that changed because of the tax laws and have some tobaccos disappeared?
1: I don't think the t- tax laws have really changed what we can and can't get. From what I understand, though, we have some pretty rigid import uh, issues with getting lots of tobacco. Like, we don't have a very vast range. Um, and I had talked to the guys... At my local tobacconist about, you know, getting different blends and bits and pieces, and their sort of hands are tied with what the importers will actually bring to Australia. Um, there's another little one that it's a little bit further away, um, and he's more of a smoke shop, but the guy who owns the smoke shop, he actually smokes a pipe himself. So he used to import McClellan's, and that's that's where I first bought my first tin of McClellan's was from him. Um, and he had a few different things, um, Samuel Goweth, and uh and a few other things down there that uh my other tobacconist that's a bit closer didn't have but from what i understand it's mostly just uh the restriction on what they can import from the, the guys that actually import the tobacco into a country into the country
0: yeah yeah it's, I, I feel for you guys but we're going to uh we're going to take a break right here and when we come back we're going to talk about one of the the reason why you're on on the show is because you're making your own pipes. You had some questions for me that I thought were interesting for everybody else. And so uh, stay with us. We'll be back with Jeremiah in just a moment. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, You've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke but the funny thing about taste it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it we at smoking pipes know this and you know it too so whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture We're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with uh, Melbourne, Australia native, uh, Jeremiah Mirka. Did I do that better?
1: Yeah, definitely, much okay. better.
0: Okay, good, because the the Jeremiah in with the Australian accent, which I'm absolutely loving your accent because it's just classic Australian, and I can't do an Australian accent, so I won't even try one. Uh, but
1: I've been practicing for a long time.
0: Yeah, you you've got it you've got it down very well, considering that you're you know you're from Thailand. Um, <laughs> 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 Can you tell, are there different accents around Australia? So can, can you tell if somebody's from Sydney or Brisbane and, and we won't talk about the Tasmanians?
1: Yeah, uh, Tasmania's not so much, but uh, Brisbane, and it's not really, the accent doesn't change much. They just say some different words for different things, you know, like, you know, we call flip-flop thongs. Yeah. And they might call them something else. And, you know, we call um, your swimming outfit bathers and they call them swimmers or togs. <laughs> so it's usually just different words that will, uh, will, will separate us a little bit. You can usually tell where they're from.
0: And so I, I'll just, we'll just talk about this just for a second, but I, I grew up in California where flip-flops were thongs, T-H-O-N-G-S.
1: They're thongs here.
0: And then you move to the East Coast, and they're flip-flops. And a thong mm. is a whole different thing with one strap that yeah. goes in a very discreet spot.
1: Well, if you think about it, they kind of look the same, but just more totally different.
0: Yeah, they're just going between different places. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to see any of them on any men whatsoever. That's my theory. No, no. Yeah. yeah that's no, a...
1: no, definitely.
0: All right, so uh, <laughs> let's get back to pipes. When did you start making your own pipes?
1: So I, I the first pipe I made was about... It wasn't that long after I started smoking a pipe, actually. It was about that sort of eight years ago, and uh, my brother-in-law uh, had cl- uh, was collecting some pipes um, from his grandfathers, and, and, uh, and some friends had given him some pipes, and, uh, and I sort of started smoking, and he's the one who's sort of led me in the right direction on where to go because he had occasionally smoked a pipe in the past, and he's like, oh, and you've got to go down there, and you've got to get this tobacco, and you should be pretty right. Um, so when I started smoking a pipe, I'm like, well, I reckon I could make one of these. So I bought some briar and, uh, the first pipe I made was for him.
0: And it came out with a, with a big hole for the tobacco and a small hole for the smoke.
1: Big hole for the tobacco, small hole for the, uh, the smoke. I used a pre, a pre bought stem. I actually made, it was a, like a diamond shank, diamond bowl freehand that I used some fairly rudimentary tools, um, Uh, with a pre-made stem um, that I got. I bought it all from Pipe Makers Emporium when they were still around and not bought out. And uh, it actually turned out pretty reasonable, I think, for a first pipe.
0: And now how many pipes a year are you making and where are you selling them?
1: So um, so I, I sort of... Did a bit of on and off um, pipe making. I made a few for myself and then I sort of stopped and I I had a bit of a break from smoking a pipe too. And, you know, life got in in the way and and bits and pieces. Um, But I got back into making pipes last year, at the start of last year, about this time last year. And uh, I'd never sold a pipe before. uh, And I made uh, made one for myself. And uh, a friend of mine from Australia, he said, I want you to make me one. So Mm -hmm. I made him one and then i made a second one and he bought both of them and he's like you got to keep on going now that's it you can't stop um and so last year i made and sold 36 pipes yeah and i think i made about 40 there's a couple of shop pipes in there that uh, you know were over drilled or had some issues uh, that did you know bit of stuff ups but they still smoke pretty well um and yeah, so 36, uh, by Christmas time last year, and they were mostly sold, uh, some are friends of friends, but mostly sold, uh, via Instagram.
0: There you go. And you, and you call them bullfrog pipes.
1: Yeah. Bullfrog pipes. You know, I've been called bullfrog my whole life because of my name and the song <laughs> Jeremiah was bullfrog. Um, so it was just sort of when I, the first pipe I made all those years ago, I, I engraved a frog onto the bottom of it and, uh. And it just all went from there.
0: Well, I can't. I can't wait to see you in Chicago at the Pipe Show. Then we can meet, and then I can say Jeremiah is a good friend of mine. And look,
1: everyone knows the song. Everyone knows the song.
0: Yeah, yeah. And my my sister had a girl had a boyfriend named Jeremiah, so we used to just refer to him as the bullfrog. Um, there you go. Then at one point, he got very puffy and large, like a bullfrog. <laughs> Uh, see the name
1: definitely fit then
0: yeah you don't look like a bullfrog you look more like a mountain man so it might be a a mountain frog
1: (laughs) yeah just that just that strange mountain variety
0: yeah all right so instead of talking about the your pipe making techniques you contacted me and said uh that I've mentioned a few times on this show that if anyone has some questions regarding travel and pipe related issues to send them through. So I thought I would, uh, in a few, in a few months, I'll be traveling from Australia to Chicago to attend the pipe show for the first time. My first pipe show. In fact, we don't do pipe shows here in Australia, mostly due to the outrageous costs of tobacco. Uh, it will be my first show and my first show as a carver at this stage i was planning on attending the pre-show on friday to show some of my pipes and so on and so on so i thought instead of answering these questions privately in an email to you you ask me whatever you want i'll give you my opinion and remember i'm the leading expert on my own opinion and uh, we'll put it out there for everybody to hear so fire away with your uh, fire away with your questions
1: Okay, so I think, well, the first sort of question that I I had was obviously never been to a pipe show before. Um, As you know, as I said, we don't do pipe shows because there's not that many pipe smokers here and there's there's certainly not very many carvers. So um, uh, as a carver, and I'm I'm bringing some pipes over, um, you know, whether it was worth getting a table at the show. And to, to have my pipes there, to show my pipes, I'm, I'm sort of limited to how many I can make uh, because I'm only a part-time carver. So, you know, if I, say, have 10 pipes and I sit there and if, if, all, if all goes well, I send, sell 10 pipes, you know, on half of Saturday, I've got a table there or, or whatever. So whether it was worth having a table or just going to the pre-sale show on the Friday and then enjoying the show for what it was on the Saturday and Sunday.
0: So here's my advice for anybody that is exhibiting first time at a pipe show, and it doesn't matter what you're what you're selling. Uh, the first time you're going to exhibit at a show, people are not going to be familiar with you. They're going to look at you a little weird, uh, and they and they just they just don't know you. So it's a first yep. time exposure kind of thing, where yeah, you know, I think you would be you know, I think you'd be lucky if you sold a couple of pipes, but again, people are just, they just don't know you. So they want to get to know you. They want to get to see you. And it's kind of a, a marketing exposure kind of thing. And then the second time they see you like next year, then you're, you're, then, you know, you're, 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 you're a best friend and an old friend and they remember you. Uh, but the first time they just kind of look at you a little strange. So in your situation, coming to your first pipe show ever, and you know, not I, I, I'm gonna venture to guess that you're not coming over here to make it a profitable experience because the airfare from Melbourne to Chicago and all that travel and everything is, yeah, you know, you'd have to sell an awful lot of pipes to cover that part.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could pretty comfortably say that I wouldn't. Re- cover the airfare yeah the sale of my pipes. Yeah. Correct. (laughs) Uh,
0: I would I would highly suggest that yes, you you know, you 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 make sure that when you're out in the smoking tent on Thursday and uh Thursday and Friday night and Saturday night that you have your pipes with you to show. Uh get up early, get a half table at the pre-show and put your pipes out and spend the entire day of the pre-show with your pipes out at a table talking to people, meeting them, showing your pipes. But I think more importantly for you as a new attendee to a pipe show, take that Saturday and Sunday and don't get stuck at a table. Walk around, see pipes, talk to other pipe makers, show them your pipes because you know, and then you got to, you got a whole bunch of experts sitting right there that can, that are willing to, you, know, in most cases, give you a quick little review. Give you some tips. Um, you know but again spend the time walking around and seeing what's going on Um, I think for you know I hate to say this for the Chicago pipe show but my favorite parts of the pipe show are Wednesday night Thursday night the pre-show on Friday and then the first rush of Saturday morning and then by noontime Saturday yeah it's it, it most people have already seen a whole bunch of pipes and spent a lot of their money and they're still kind of wandering around. So yeah, I'd really, I'd really like to see you spending the time out and about and, uh, and just displaying on the Friday at the, uh, at the pre-show.
1: Well, that's, that's pretty much what I'd sort of heard and come to. And I, that's why I hadn't booked a table. Um, is because, uh, you know, from everything that I'd talk I talked to and I, in my correspondence with the organizers and all the bits and pieces, they sort of suggested exactly the same thing um, and uh, as yeah exactly as you said, you know I've got limited exposure so far so um, you know there's not a whole whole lot of people that is going to know me in it and I really want to enjoy the pipe show for what it is because it's my first one. so um, and also I made sure that I was going to be there early enough so I'm gonna be there from Tuesday. so
0: so you'll, you'll even be over the you know, jet lag maybe by Thursday or Friday.
1: Well, I should be because I land in Chicago on the Saturday before, so oh. um, I'm going to be there for, uh, I'm going to be in Chicago for two weeks, so yeah. I should be well over the jet lag by the time it starts.
0: You'll even be talking like a local by that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I might have dropped my accent maybe.
0: <laughs> or, you'll have, <laughs> or you'll have all those Chicago, all those local girls just swooning over your accent and uh, wanting, and you've got a big long beard, so they'll be wanting to play with your beard too.
1: Yeah, yeah. My my wife might be beating them off with a stick.
0: Well, that's okay, as long as they, as long as she doesn't mind. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what, what other what other questions do you have about travel? Anything uh, anything else, um, pipe show related?
1: Well, obviously, so I'm going to be in Chicago for a bit, and there's a few few tobacco stores um, to to be visiting. There's a there's a there's a you know. We're, being from australia we kind of got a totally different sort of thing so one of my other things that i'm going to be doing is definitely visiting one of the cabela stores because for (laughs) us that's like an outdoor shop on absolute steroids the closest thing we've got to that's probably one tenth of the size and definitely nowhere near the quality of gear so that's on my list but there's some tobacco stores in chicago so it was like you know the top five things to see in chicago so i've got a couple of days there um and uh tobacco related things to do Obviously I have done a little bit of research, but um, yeah, it was what are the the top five things to do in Chicago uh, before before or after the show.
0: So for me for me personally on, on all my trips to Chicago, if I was coming in early enough, uh, everybody anybody that can needs to make the make the trip into the city and go to Iwan Reese in downtown yep. Chicago uh also while you're in downtown chicago you can go to the up down smoke shop which is kind of on the northern side of uh of downtown chicago um the uh i guess it's called the willet tower now is a good touristy thing to do it's a yeah it's a very tall building uh it's either the second or third tallest Uh, skyscraper in north america and they've got a little observation deck that you can pay to go up to i haven't done this yet but on the observation deck they have a complete plexiglass cube that you can walk out over the street in and stand in this glass cube at over 100 stories up and look straight down Um, i don't think i would do it if i could but that would be uh <laughs> I, I don't want to be standing on a piece of plexiglass a hundred stories up and just looking hmm. around. Uh, but the view from up there is incredible. Uh any Disney fans, you can simply Google search Walt Disney birthplace home and the house that Walt Disney was born in is in the Chicago suburbs, which, yeah, they're not the far suburbs, but the near ones. Um uh, and you can go drive by that house. It's in the process of being remodeled and built into and turned into a museum. So you can go by the Walt the Walt Disney birthplace home. Uh, he was actually born in a bedroom in that house. Um, wow. The, and then there's another tobacco shop that I really like that's out towards the Arlington racetrack. And it's called Arlington Pipe and Cigar, I believe. But that's more of the far suburbs. But again, it's more of a quintessential neighborhood tobacco shop with cigars and a good pipe and pipe tobacco selection. So that's kind of what I would do while I was down there. I know there's some, uh, there's some pretty good museums, uh, but nothing that I know of to, <laughs> to say offhand. If you're going to Chicago, the, the one thing you have to do is you have to get some deep dish Chicago style pizza. Uh, oh yeah it's a it's an art form and it goes really good with all kinds of beer uh there's you know the chicago you got two of my
1: favorites right there
0: yeah yeah and uh and chicago style pizza is just a it's a special art form to that area my favorite is called lou malnati uh I'm not sure how to spell Mal- Malnati and I don't want to Google search it right now while <laughs> while we're doing this but Lou Malnati's or uh, Gino's or Giordano's or uh Pizzeria Due all uh, all really good choices. Um and, uh and of course while you're here, you know, you might want to do some tobacco shopping because you can uh you know, bring back some tobacco and uh, $10, $12, $15, a tin of tobacco, you can save yourself a bunch of money.
1: Well, I can save myself a bunch of money as long as I don't get stopped when I get off the airplane here and have to pay the uh, $1,116 per kilo to get it back into the country
0: eleven hundred and sixteen dollars per kilo a 50 gram tin is one of a kilo so that's about 50 55 Australian dollars 50
1: fifty, yeah, 50 55 dollars a tin roughly yeah <laughs> that's just just the duty
0: and do they allow you a duty-free amount
1: yep 25 grams
0: so be so if your wife's coming with you then that's one tin that you are allowed duty-free Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that. The laws used to be that you, well, they, like they just recently changed it, but you used to be able to have one open pouch and one sealed pouch to a maximum of 50 grams, and then they changed that to 25 grams. But I don't think they have a weight restriction on the open pouch. So if there's no weight restriction on the open pouch, there's nothing to say I can't have an open kilo of tobacco
0: there you I go. have to investigate yeah yeah um uh, and then traveling back from the you know, traveling back from the u.s going back to australia i'll just remind you that the 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 u.s security is uh, fussy about lighters as long as it's a mm. traditional you know, you're coming for two weeks bring a disposable lighter with you buy a couple while you're here use them don't use any jet flames don't have any uh don't have any pokey looking objects or stuff like that or any big knives like most i guess most of you australians walk around with big long knives hanging off of your belt because that's what we saw yeah we saw
1: yeah we're all really at heart crocodile dundee and um we we all carry massive knives just for cutting our flake though
0: well that makes perfect sense because you know you have to (laughs) You have to grow your own tobacco so you don't pay for the duties.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, we're not allowed to do that either because that's it's a, it's almost more illegal to grow tobacco than it is to grow marijuana. So.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about California now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I'll say, pipe show related, is that it's quite possible that you will end up meeting another pipe maker or somebody like that that may have a table during the show and may offer you to come and sit with them and, and put your pipes out during the show. Uh, I've heard that happening before, where a new, you know, first timer ends up sharing a table with somebody that they just met for the, you know, for the Saturday or Sunday. But, um, no, I think for you coming, I do want you to really spend the time walking around the show, getting the sights and sounds and seeing other pipes and talking to other pipe makers. And, uh, and getting a chance to to visit with people
1: yeah and i thought that was sort of that was more important really for me although you know bringing some pipes over was going to be good but i'm really doing it to um to get the experience of uh, of just being at a pipe show uh like chicago and i've ever since i started smoking a pipe was one of those things i always wanted to do and uh just made the decision last year that it'd be a really good idea to do it
0: and i'll also say that the uh the you know the Saturday and the Sunday when you're able if you're not tied down to a table and you can go jump out to the smoking tent for a uh, you know for for an hour smoke and a beer it's a whole lot more fun than sitting at a table mm. for the entire day just watching and talking to people walk by uh, definitely you also talked about the weather in your questions and I'll just address this uh, Chicago that time of the year you can have uh, a couple of days of winter, a couple of days of spring and a couple of days of summer. So it can, oh, so that's
1: like Melbourne where there is all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember specifically one year where I got there on Tuesday and it was snowing. And by the weekend, it was in the eighties during the day. So, mm. uh, and then I remember one pipe show about two years ago where they ran out of, uh, propane for the heaters in the smoking tent and it got down to about forty-five degrees there on Sunday night, and we were freezing oh, to chilly. death. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. for me. I don't do anything below sixty, so.
1: Mm. Yeah, also, well, I'm I'm due for a winter break now. It's uh, we've had a pretty hot, long summer, um, so I'm 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 happy for it to get a little colder.
0: And I'm happy for it to get warmer. And that's why I'm trying to spend as much time in Florida and the Caribbean this winter as possible because, ooh. Um, Anyway, Jeremiah, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Sure. Let's go. What is your favorite pipe?
1: Uh The one I'm smoking at the moment, which is uh, one of my own shop pipes, actually. It just – it loves uh, smoking Luxury Navy Flake. It just – once you've lit it, it just stays lit, and, uh, yeah, it's a great little smoke.
0: And what is your favourite tobacco?
1: Uh, Same thing. The one I'm smoking at the moment, I I like a a lot of different blends, but at the moment, I'm – yeah, I've got an aged tin of Luxury Navy Flake that I I cracked open about two weeks ago, and I I just can't seem to stop smoking it, so – (laughs) Um, that'd be my favorite at the moment.
0: And what is your favorite drink?
1: Um, I, I really like beer, uh, craft beers mostly. Um, but, uh, if I had to say what my absolute favorite and, and while I was having a pipe, I'd have to say coffee.
0: There you go. Uh, I'll make one other suggestion while you're in Chicago traveling around. There's a company called Benny's beverage depot, B I N N Y S huge selection of craft beer, wine, liquors, all kinds of stuff and all at really good prices. So you can stock up for your hotel room while you're, while you're out uh, traveling around, just stop by Benny's. Um, Perfect. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie or Music.
1: Um, I'd probably have to be a 50 50 between music and a, and a movie.
0: And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about?
1: Um, I don't think so really. I think we've covered off most things. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the, well, uh, it's not, let's say that there's not a memory to be had yet, but, uh, shortly, uh, we're going to be having international pipe smoking day and as far as i know it's the first time that there'll be actually a reasonable size meetup um, in australia so um, me and a couple of uh, my pipe smoking friends here we organized an event and we've got 20 blokes going there um, and that's sort of the the biggest sort of pipe meetup that we've uh, that there seems to have had and uh, following that a couple of the other um, states in uh, in australia sort of jumped on board too and they're all having pipe meetups on the same day at the same time. So for International Pipe Smoking Day this year, um we look like we're having pipe meetups sort of dotted all around Australia, which is going to be pretty cool.
0: Oh, and you guys get to do it during the warm weather too, so that's even better.
1: Wow. Uh, yeah. So we we had to move it to it to the Saturday because it's pretty hard getting everyone together on a Wednesday night, but uh on the Saturday after um International Pipe Smoking Day, which is, I think it's the 23rd. Yeah, we got, uh, at the moment, you know, we can sort of average, it might be 25 degrees Celsius, perfect beer drinking weather, and uh, yeah, plenty of pipes and uh, pipe tobacco to go around for everyone.
0: Ah, well, it sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Just real quick, where can we go to see your pipes and see your uh, Instagram and all that stuff?
1: So Instagram and Facebook are uh, both just bullfrog pipes. Um, Instagram's got most uh, the most stuff. Uh, Facebook page does have it, um, but uh, it's only just posts that I've put on Instagram that share to Facebook. So um, Instagram's definitely the way to go to see to see all of them.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing them in Chicago and looking forward to uh, to having a beer with you and then calling you a friend of mine. So, uh Jeremiah, thanks for for getting up early or staying up late or whatever you did and uh, hanging out with me.
1: Thanks very much for having me on the show.
0: And we'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production
2: for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CD, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell
0: and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. This is Internet Radio, and we are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And from everything that I saw on the internet, that uh, the IPSD meetups in uh, Australia were a huge success. Uh, I want to thank uh, Jeremiah for getting up early and uh, or staying up and uh, and recording with me. And I was so nervous about pronouncing his last name right at the beginning of it. I screwed up his first name but anyway thanks again to jeremiah check out all of his pipes and uh, for music you know nothing else uh, nothing pipe related this week uh except for uh <laughs> when i was at disneyland uh this song was played during a song called uh, during a parade called party gra and it's uh hot 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 party! Uh, buster poindexter and his banshees of blues band and i just think the song is fun it's perfect for mardi gras and i'm sure it's going to irritate some people uh-huh. From the dark side there is. And remember, if you have comments or questions for me, email me brian at pipesmagazine.com or reach out to me on Facebook or travel-related stuff, which I've had a lot of you lately. So thank you very much. But that's brian.levine at mei-travel.com. And in the mailbag, going back to last week with uh, Dan Spaniola of Paul's Pipe Shop, uh casey ghost writes a real good show paul's pipe shop is an institution among pipe smokers i'm not sure how old dan is but i suspect he is at least 70 and you have to wonder how long the shop will survive when he is gone maybe he's got a son and then uh yeah and he does have a son a uh, couple of them uh and then uh casey ghost says ah, old blue eyes the man can really sing And then uh, Mo Smoke says, Brian, great show as always. Dan's story is amazing. Uh, Changing the subject, I wanted to do a shout out and thank you to James Foster and the members of the Austin Pipe Club for the warm welcome I was given as I crashed their monthly meeting. I was visiting Austin for a conference and learned of their pipe club from the Pipe's Magazine website. I looked up their page and saw that they were meeting while I was there. I emailed uh, James to ensure it was okay to drop by, and the rest was history. I had a fantastic time chatting pipes and tobaccos and was impressed to learn that James was a writer for the magazine as well. It was a great evening that I'll not forget. Also, thanks to Pipe World for hosting the gathering. What a super and welcoming staff they have, Mo. Mo, glad that worked out. Uh, Yeah, and anybody, if you're ever traveling, if you're coming through the Charlotte area, reach out to me. If you're going on the road, check out Pipes Magazine and look at the uh, Pipe Clubs section of the forums and see if there's a Pipe Club in your area. All right, this show is rolling really long, so uh, we'll just get to uh, rant time next.
2: There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy.
0: I'm gonna get a new sticker a new bumper sticker for my car a back window sticker for my car i'm gonna get a new one and it's gonna say if you honk at me because i'm driving too slow well damn it i'm gonna slow down even further that's right if you honk at me or flash your lights at me or get up on my tail because you don't like the speed i'm driving or maybe the speed that i'm taking a turn at well you're gonna kiss my butt because i'm gonna drive even slower i when we moved to the carolinas and. 20 years ago now 19 years ago we used to notice how polite drivers were and now it seems like in the last couple of years it seems like as the city's gotten bigger and you know the growth around here and the traffic has grown well it seems like more and more people like to use their horns to remind you that you might be driving too slow for them well, guess what? Uh, you're going to get the speed limit out of me. You get up close, you're going to get the speed limit. You get, you, know, you get on your horn and honk, I don't give a shit. Uh, you're going to get the speed limit from me, and you can just sit back there and enjoy the view of my cute little car while I'm driving even slower, or perhaps even more irritating to you. So either way, go ahead, honk all you want. You're going to get the speed limit out of me, and that's it uh now i don't mind driving fast because that's why i've got the car but uh if i'm irritating you by driving too slow you're gonna get even slower so just keep go ahead honk go ahead yeah won't bother me at all you'll just see a little bit better view of some of the other stickers including the mickey mouse stickers on the back of my car so there you go all right, uh, remember JDRF auctions, so email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, please keep sharing the Pipes Magazine radio show out with all your friends, your family, your enemies, whoever it is. iTunes rating or reviews, we much appreciate those. And with all that, this has been a jam-packed episode, so thanks to uh, Jeff Graysick for doing the Ask the Pipe Maker. Thanks to Jeremiah for coming on, and uh, thank you for listening. Until next time. Happy bomba to bomba Until bomba meet bomba Happy bomba to bomba He's bomba dida bomba dida bomba 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 dida bomba dida bomba Just sing a song and think about sunny
2: weather.
1: Happy
0: trails to you till we meet again. The time allotted for me to give a damn has expired.